What's going on, everybody? Brendan Schaefer back here with you for another edition of Be Shafe Daily. As the Cardinals have something on this Wednesday that they don't have very often throughout the rest of the season, haven't had it very often so far in this 2020 campaign, and that's an off day. Cardinals take a day on Wednesday between doubleheaders as yesterday they split with the Minnesota Twins in a 7-3 loss followed by a 6-4 win for St. Louis at Bush Stadium. And then tomorrow they will host the Detroit Tigers making up two of the four games that the Cardinals had previously scheduled with Detroit but have been unable to play as of yet because of the coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak that happened throughout the team a few weeks ago and Two of those games actually have still not been scheduled. It's my understanding the Cardinals may not even end up having to play those games if they do not impact the postseason, which I have to imagine there's a pretty good chance it would impact the postseason because when we look at the standings entering Wednesday, remember it's it's a little bit of a different way you have to consume Major League Baseball standings in 2020 because the considerations for who makes the postseason is different than it once was. Every division, we know two of those teams are getting in. So as of right now, that would be the Braves and Phillies in the East, the Cubs and Cardinals in the Central, and the Dodgers and Padres in the West. The Dodgers and Padres leading those two spots in their division by a pretty considerable margin. The other division's a little bit closer. Looks like you've got the Phillies and Marlins in between second and third place, separated by just a game in the East. In the Central, you've got the Cardinals, who are about two games up on the Brewers. Again, you got to keep in mind when it comes to the Cardinals, they've played a different number of games than everybody else, and so it's not exact um, as far as, you know, normally when you think of a team being two games back, both teams have perhaps played 40 games, and one team's got 21 wins, the other one's got 19 wins, and the, the losses would be reversed, and so you're able to parse it out pretty quickly with the standings. That's not the case right now with the Cardinals because the Cardinals have only played 35 games while the Brewers have played looks like 41. And so Cardinals with that doubleheader on Thursday will do a little bit more to make their way back toward Milwaukee. And the Cardinals in Milwaukee have got a ton of games remaining so far, or still I should say this season. I know they finish up with a five-game series at Busch Stadium is how the Cardinals and Brewers will wrap up the season But the Cardinals also play Milwaukee in another five-game series starting on the 14th, which would be next Monday, this upcoming Monday. And they play two games on that Monday. They play one on Tuesday and then two more on Wednesday. So Cardinals haven't played the Brewers yet. They were scheduled to do so, of course, but they haven't actually faced them at all in 2020. Meanwhile, the Cardinals won't see the Cubs again. So you, you get all 10 of your Brewers games wedged into the final couple weeks of the season. You're going to get a lot of Milwaukee Brewers. You're still going to get uh, a good number, a good dose of Pittsburgh Pirates because the Cardinals have to go to Pittsburgh, and they're playing some more doubleheaders, it looks like, involved in that series as well. Get a little bit more of the Royals, get a couple with the Tigers, and the only other series to mention is the the Reds series that comes up this weekend following the Tigers series on Thursday. So a little bit of a schedule rundown for you, but the reason I bring it up is because you're getting to where, at this point in the season, typically we're thinking about what that postseason chase is going to look like. And right now, as I mentioned, you have to look at the standings a little bit differently. And so with the Brewers being two back of the Cardinals, they're fighting for that number two spot in the NL Central because that's a guaranteed postseason spot. So you have to keep that in mind from the Cardinals' perspective as far as the division is concerned. But there are two additional wild cards that will be awarded to teams 
in the National League at large. So doesn't matter what division they're from, most likely going to be two third-place teams, although, as we've talked about before on the show, it's theoretically possible that one division has four teams strong enough that all four of them make the postseason. Basically, the fourth-place team in in that division would have to have a better record than both other third-place teams in the other two divisions within the same league. And so uh, right now that doesn't look like it's going to be the case because you've got the Giants actually and the Marlins who are both holding on to a wild-card spot, both one game above five hundred. But the reason I bring it up is because the Cardinals right now are also only one game above five hundred, And the only reason the Cardinals are in, uh, I call it a regular playoff spot, rather than a wild card is because they happen to be second in their division. The NL Central, we, we weren't sure how it was going to shake out when the season began. Right now, the Cubs have a, a nice little sizable lead, a stranglehold on the division. The Cardinals are three games back of Chicago. But the rest of the division below 500, except for the Cardinals. The Brewers at 19 and 22, the Reds at 18 and 24. The Pirates, right about where we expected them to be at 14 and 26, bringing up the rear. So the Pirates are out of it, you know, essentially. But the, the Reds and Brewers, really all it would take is is one hot week to be able to bring themselves back to around 500, especially in the case of the Brewers, only three games below that mark right now. And given all the games you still have left with Milwaukee, if you're St. Louis, you definitely have to keep an eye on what the Brewers are doing. But even if the Brewers are able to overtake you, if the Cardinals are able to, to stick around 500, that's when they'll start looking at those other teams like the Marlins, like the Giants, who are currently third-place teams that would actually be in the eight-team playoff field from the National League uh, if if the season were to end today. Obviously, well, I guess I shouldn't say obviously. Anything's possible in 2020, but hopefully the season will not be ending today for Major League Baseball and we'll be able to continue throughout the rest of it. But taking a look at the Cardinals and what they have had going on recently since we last spoke, the series, or really it was more of a quick series, that they had to wrap up between the Cardinals and Twins when they played the doubleheader on Tuesday. Game one of that series was not a game that the Cardinals really felt particularly close to winning because the Twins just piled on runs in the third, fourth, and fifth innings to take that 5 nothing lead. Cardinals got to Jose Barrios a little bit there in the sixth and then got to the Twins' bullpen after Barrios was removed from the game. But through the first five innings, uh, Jose Barrios was on top of his game Ends the day with eight strikeouts, but was tagged for three earned runs in that sixth inning after Matt Whistler came in and was unable to get his inherited runner, keep that guy from scoring. So Cardinals end up getting a couple runs, three runs in that inning, but unable to do anything else. And then the Twins in the seventh inning piled on with a couple more. So the Cardinals lose that game 7-3. to three. That was the Carlos Martinez start. And, you know, he I think he looked better than the box score would indicate. Those first couple innings, he didn't give up any runs, looked pretty good, was able to kind of get back into the rhythm of things, had some trouble in the third inning, and, you know, gave up the big home run off of Josh Donaldson, I believe that was, that charged Carlos with three runs. But then even before he gave up a fourth run, coming out in the fourth, he he still had stuff that looked really sharp. He got Jake Cave, outfielder for the the Minnesota Twins, on a strikeout that just made him look silly, and so... Stuff was still there for Carlos, but easy to say he wasn't necessarily sharp in the first outing back. Got to remember, he did end up getting that positive diagnosis for COVID-19. He was the player. I don't believe there was more than one, but Carlos later shared on his Instagram that he was was in the hospital at one point dealing with symptoms 
of COVID from putting two and two together when the Cardinals, Mike Shilton, and people with the team had talked about, you know, what players were going through as far as symptoms was mentioned that somebody went to the emergency room to get some IV fluids. You know, it didn't sound like it was uh, all too terrible, but anytime you have to, to make a trip to the hospital that you're, you're not anticipating, um, it's not exactly good news. And so I believe that would have been Carlos Martinez uh, that had to deal with that. And of course, he later shared that on his Instagram. So um, that's public knowledge at this point. But because of that, having the symptoms that he had to deal with, working his way back, um, working his way back to then get to see the Minnesota Twins, who have you know one of the best lineups in baseball. I said before this this short little season started up that I had the Twins as my World Series pick. That was in a story I wrote for KMOV. Um, but I also had the Cardinals advancing pretty far in the the postseason as well. Remains to be seen if the Cardinals will be able to put it together and, and be able to accomplish that. But if they do end up facing the Twins in the World Series, I can bet you I have my pick for who's going to win because in the four games these two teams have played. This season, the Twins have certainly gotten the better of St. Louis. Kind of more of the same from an offensive perspective in Game 1 on Tuesday for the Cardinals, just not getting a whole lot going. Uh, Colton Long at the top of the lineup was on base a couple times, had some a couple walks, scored a run. Uh, Tommy Edmond was able to drive in a couple runs uh, with the home run that he hit. And Paul Goldsmith being called Paul Goldsmith, he was 2-for-3, scored a run. You know, that's kind of the thing that, he, that he's accustomed to doing, but... After that in the lineup, you just didn't get a whole lot of production for the Cardinals in Game 1. From the cleanup spot and Brad Miller all the way down to the end of the group, Tyler O'Neill provided the only base hit in what amounted to about 20 at-bats. So, talk about having a consistent lineup, talking about having a deep lineup. The Cardinals, it's still the same old story. Are they going to be able to get things figured out? Um, Of course, at this point, Dylan Carlson has been optioned. Should mention that. That was kind of the, the big news uh, yesterday, before the the doubleheader took place, they did have to get Carlos Martinez back onto the roster, and to do so, they end up optioning Dylan Carlson to the alternate site in Springfield. Not not the way you want to see his season start, obviously, or, or his rookie season go. Uh, because the, the numbers just have not been there, and then the playing time started to kind of go away for Dylan Carlson. And So I think the thought process there is, first of all, you had a, a doubleheader that you had to play yesterday. You've got the off day on Wednesday today, but then tomorrow, Thursday, you're coming right back for another doubleheader. And what that means is pitching. You've got to have a lot of it, and the Cardinals know that, and they figure, look, if Dylan Carlson – Sure, he could get a start maybe in in one of those games yesterday. Mike Schilt easily could have penciled his name into the lineup. But the fact that he didn't two days in a row, and then you've got Lane Thomas back now. They're still trying to mix in Tyler O'Neill. They've been playing Tommy Edmond in the outfield. And you've still got Harrison Bader in the mixture as well. And so you've got you've got outfielders. And given the fact that it, it just didn't seem like uh, the playing time was heading in Dylan's direction the way the Cardinals had basically stated that it would have to for it to make sense for him to be here. And that was kind of their their mantra before calling him up was that, look, if he's going to be here, he's going to play. Well, he wasn't playing, and so they decided, at least for right now, they're going to use the pitching that they can that they can have. And so uh, they got Carlos back. They designated Ryan Meisinger for assignment. He's one of those guys that they brought on uh, when the, the, the COVID situation happened. You know, I, I don't know that he was claimed, whether or not he was claimed. It would not surprise me if he goes unclaimed and simply returns to Springfield uh, to remain part of the Cardinals organization. It's kind of what I said would happen with a lot of those guys when we when we kind of broke this down maybe a week or so ago, just within the conversation of, yeah, we know the Cardinals are potentially risking losing some players. 
uh, I'd be surprised if they lose too many guys, and if they if they do end up losing some guys, um, I don't know that it will totally tank the depth of the organization. So we'll see whatever happens uh, to to Ryan Meisinger as far as whether he gets picked up off waivers or not. Uh, but as of right now, that's just the kind of move that they that they have to make. Then they ended up bringing Daniel Ponce de Leon up to the active roster once again in order to pitch Game Two of the doubleheader. Remember, he had been working at Springfield after kind of getting firebombed by the Cleveland Indians and in his previous start. I believe that was a game in which he did not even make it out of the first inning. It was something like 14-2 to or so ended up being the final score. But yesterday represented a new opportunity for Ponce de Leon. If you've listened to the show before, you know that I've, I've been a pretty big Ponce fan dating all the way back to February. Uh, you know, down at spring training, I saw a lot of things that I liked. A lot of it made sense about the, you know, the, the work he did going to drive line, kind of paying his own way to, to figure out some of the things he needed to be doing with his pitching. And like a lot of things in 2020, it has just all kind of fallen into chaos for Daniel Ponce de Leon. It hasn't been the season that certainly he had hoped it would have been in the season. I can openly admit I anticipated he would have dating back to spring training because I thought he was going to be kind of a rising star for the Cardinals this year. It hasn't happened. Yesterday, he wasn't terrible again. It's just he's having trouble getting deep into games. He was a little bit better with the walks yesterday. He only gave up one walk in three innings of work. Um, Again, the glimpse of the kind of stuff he can have is there. He strikes out four batters. He's always had, you know, good strikeout stuff throughout the season. Uh, But getting, getting hit around a little bit, five hits in three innings, pair the walk with that over nine that would be a a whip of 2.0 you don't want a walks plus hits uh, per innings pitched of two you can't give up two base runners every inning and expect to you know to survive very long in a start because that's going to get your pitch count up that's going to get the other team some runs across and that's going to get your manager on the phone talking to the bullpen and so it's kind of what happened yesterday didn't probably expect him to go a whole lot deeper than that necessarily just because it's a seven-inning game and, and you've got all hands on deck, especially after losing game one, to try to win that game two and you know get get a couple of runs off you in the second inning, then you get into the third, clean third inning, that's great. That's where it went well for the Cardinals offense finally, but as much as you would like to credit them for the amazing things they did, it was really more about the not-so-amazing things that Randy Dobnak did, the twin starter, who gave up five runs in that inning or was at least charged with it. I don't know if he personally was on the field for all of them or not. I can't quite remember, but he he you know he was walking guys. He hit multiple batters, and the Cardinals just kept having the bases loaded. I believe another run gets walked in. That might have been on field bar after he came in to face Matt Carpenter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but then finally the way uh, Caleb Thielbar gets out of things yesterday was a 19-pitch at-bat against Matt Wieters, probably the coolest thing I can recall seeing in a baseball game. Maybe not the coolest thing, like an individual play, but just it was insane that this at-bat lasts as long as it did between Wieters and Caleb Thielbar. And uh, Wieters ends up, you know, taking the L on that one because I think he flew out to center field on the final pitch of that at-bat. But 19, I can't remember ever seeing one that extensive. I saw some people on Twitter talking about, you know, they looked at the pitches that, he threw to, to weeders and it's like, you should have been able to get a hit earlier in that at bat. I get it, you know, but at the same time, 19 pitch at bat, still pretty impressive to be able to, to work the opponent like that. And would it have been nice for him to get a hit after all of that? Certainly. Uh, but he did put a good swing on the ball. Just, you know, didn't, didn't quite get enough of it to center field. And 
I'm not going to disparage Matt Wieters for having a 19 pitch at bat. I think it's pretty cool. So that's my take on that situation. But in the end, that that third inning where they scored five runs was all the Cardinals uh, would end up needing. They they give up a couple more runs by the bullpen later in the game. They also snag an insurance run in the bottom of the sixth due to the Cardinals that ended up probably making Giovanni Gallegos feel a little bit better because Gallegos gives up a run in the seventh, but didn't matter. Six to four was the final Cardinals get out of that series with a win, and so they start the day a game above 500, and that's the way they end the day yesterday. Now 18 and 17 as they get an opportunity to catch their breath on Wednesday and hope to get the Tigers when they uh, when they face them on Thursday at Bush Stadium. Tigers, probably a team that you should consider beatable. You know, all these games are important. You definitely want to make sure you can can keep pace with whatever the Brewers are doing. It's getting to that point. I mean, you'd like to pass the Cubs. It'd be great to say you won the division. Uh, there has been no baseball season in history, in Major League Baseball history, where it has been less important to win the division. It just doesn't matter. I guess you could say the 1994 season didn't matter that much because everybody could claim they were the, the world champs if they, they won their first place in their division because – there, there just wasn't a postseason that year. So, sorry to – I think that was the Expos that did real well in 94. But other than that, I just don't think there's there's any – it doesn't matter. If you're first, second, even third, it's probably going to be fine because what you get is a three-game series in the same exact round as everybody else gets. Would you like to play that at home? Probably. I almost wonder, though, if it would be better to be on the road for that three-game series because you know you're not going to have – you know that you're you're more focused on on those games and, and getting that series done, as opposed to maybe being in your your normal life situation. That's it's kind of reminding me of like hockey playoffs. It always seemed like the Blues would would kind of find their game and and focus better when they were on the road in in some of those years. And and just like the the records added up to that as well, where their their road records were pretty good even compared to their home records. So I wonder if that might be the case. But then again, you might end up having the entire postseason in a bubble for for baseball. So it would matter even less if you wanted to, to parse that out, home or road. Everybody's going to be playing in the same spot. So forget the division. Just get in the playoffs. You should be able to do that. 16 teams will and kind of go from there. But definitely some interesting teams to follow with the Marlins and Giants kind of keeping pace with uh, the Cardinals in the National League right now. So try to get with you after uh, Thursday's slate of games. Probably no podcast on Thursday, tomorrow being my wife's birthday and uh, – so we'll we'll be able to come back hopefully Friday morning with a recap of everything that we saw on Thursday. Another big day for the Cardinals. Just don't do what you did against the Pirates and lose both games of a doubleheader. At least at least try to get the split at the very minimum. So that is my decree to the Cardinals for their games on Thursday. Appreciate you guys for joining me. As always, if you haven't done so, would love to have you subscribe to the podcast on any of the channels in areas that you're able to do so and that you like to listen, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the other options that are listed. If you want an entire list of the different apps that you can find us on, you can go to anchor.fm slash bshafer12, and I think they'll give you a, a, a whole list of ways that you can sign up. Overcast, Pocket Cast, I think those are a couple more options if those are apps that you have. So definitely subscribe to Bshafe Daily, and give me a follow on social media at bshafer12, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know the drill. Appreciate you guys once again, and we will talk to you on Friday.